0: The alleyway was empty, but not quiet. Muffled music and shouts from the nightclub pulsed through the air, and the humming of the orange light overhead was a constant drone. I leaned against the brick wall and lit a cigarette. As I exhaled into the warm air, a couple walked past on the sidewalk, drunkenly swaying and giggling. They looked over at me, and one woman whispered something to the other. They broke into a bout of stifled laughter as they hurried along. I took another drag closed my eyes. The side door opened and a small group of people clumsily stepped out, joking loudly. The men were trying to impress the women, who were equally as desperate for companionship judging by the fake laughter and constant physical contact. They walked past me and one man stopped, asking if I could spare smoke. I said nothing, but took one out of my pack and handed it to him. He took it, thanking me and performed an exaggerated bow to the delight of the rest of the group. They walked off and disappeared into the night. More and more came out as the night wore on, some happy, some angry, some sick. Most people were just looking for an escape from their everyday grind, to remove themselves from their environment that only served to remind them of how miserable and complacent they had become. I kept my head down as they passed and let them be on their way. They weren't the reason for my visit. I had just stomped the last of my cigarette into the pavement when the music stopped and the last people walked out. They locked the doors behind them, both men talking loudly before noticing me and eyeing me suspiciously. I gave a nod, then stared up into the sky and waited as they gave me a wide berth. That meant my target was still inside. After I was sure that they were gone, I walked to the door. withdrawing was drawing the key copy I'd made a few days earlier after telling a manager inside. The door creaked as it opened and I slipped in, shut it softly behind me, and locked it. The box next to the door had a green light that happily blinked next to a screen that read, armed. The alarm was just for show. I took a small pouch out of my back pocket and pinched the powder inside. I exhaled softly onto it and tossed it in front of me. As if blown by an unseen wind, it swirled and danced then gathered itself into a cloud and flew across the room, making a sharp turn out of sight. I followed. My steps echoed as I walked across the dance floor. Empty booths and tables flanked me on both sides. The low light from the bar gave just enough visibility for me to navigate around the stage booth and to the swinging door labeled Employees Only. I walked through and into the hallway beyond. I passed a break room and a small bathroom before arriving at the manager's office. I reached around the wall for a switch and turned the light on. There was a meager desk, decorated with various empty bottles of top-shelf liquor, a small flat-screen television hooked up to a DVD player, phone, and an old ripped chair pulled out to the side. Various swimsuit posters and old pin-up calendars were hung haphazardly, and the air smelled of microwaved fish. No accounting for taste, I thought. Behind the desk, low on the wall, was a splatter mark where the powder had collided. I pushed against the faux wood paneling and a muffled click sounded as a small hidden door opened. I crouched down and peered inside. It was a small room, the size of a utility closet, bathed in a soft red light with a large metal door on the other end. I stepped in and a rush of heat and nausea almost overwhelmed me. I stumbled over against the wall and waited until I caught my breath. I hadn't expected that. I swallowed back the bile and stood up, lightheaded. Things were going to be rougher than I hoped. The door had several large bolts locking it. I pressed forward, tucking my hand in my sleeve and got to work opening them. I had to stop a few times and shake my hand out, as the heat was too intense. When I got to the last one, I pulled the knife out of my boot. The serrated obsidian blade absorbed more light than it reflected, and the red made it appear darker than usual. I made to unlock the last bolt, and as soon as I touched it, all of the heat left the room at once, leaving a chill in its place. The door groaned open. A large, circular, concrete room with the same red bulbs. A lone figure was crouched in the middle, hands on knees. It was a man, naked. And covered in dirt and scabs, holding perfectly still. His head tilted slightly as he stared at me, or rather, I assumed he was staring at me. He was wearing a white porcelain mask that had no features other than white eyes painted in black. It burrowed into his flesh around the edges, the skin swollen and glistening where it made contact. It had no blemishes, making it a stark contrast to the rest of him. His head followed me as I slowly edged around the room, knife at the ready. He made a buzzing, chittering noise as I moved behind him. His head kept turning and went past where it should have stopped. It made a full circle, and I winced as I heard his flesh and bones contort and tear, though he made no indication he was in pain. It was too late for him. Far too late. I walked towards him. He chittered. A few fingers twitched. I gripped the knife tightly as I closed the distance between us, my heart pounding. He shifted his weight and stood up in a smooth motion. The lights flickered. If there's anything left of the man inside, know this, I said. The lights flickered again, more erratically. He hunched his back and leaned over towards me, like an animal ready to pounce. I'm sorry for this. I finished, and the lights went out. He screeched as he lunged forward, and I cried out in pain as fingernails tore open my cheek. It was pitch black, and I was at a severe disadvantage. I cursed and fumbled with the back of my belt. Another blow hit me in the back, and I heard the object of my salvation drop to the ground. He was stronger than anticipated, faster too. I scrambled to the floor and reached out wildly, trying to find the flare. It had brushed up against my fingertips when my side was hit hard enough to roll me a few times. My ribs crunched and I stifled a yell. I had to focus. With great effort, I rose to my feet. A permanent grimace etched into my face as I clutched my side. As much as it pained me, I took a deep breath and held it in. An almost inaudible pattering was all the warning I had. I ducked and slashed the knife blindly as fast as I could. A fist rammed into my stomach and knocked the wind out of me, but I felt the knife make contact with something. He hissed in pain and I coughed, sputtering. I couldn't keep going for much longer, and I think we both knew that. Come on, I thought as I spun around and looked frantically. Hurry up and work, damn it. Then I saw it. A faint glowing line hovering a little ways in front of me. It glowed brighter until it looked like light shining through a crack in the wall. There you are, you son of a bitch. I spat through gritted teeth. He lunged again, but I was ready. The juke put me just out of reach, and the knife caught his back as he passed, slicing from top to bottom. It was a deeper cut than the other, and the glow intensified quickly. He hissed and clicked, reaching for his wound. I took the opportunity to slash him again this time catching an arm on one side and severing a finger on the other. I positioned for a follow-up attack, but he spun around and slammed the back of his fist into my temple. The knife flew from my hand and clattered somewhere on the ground, and I was thrown onto my broken ribs. The pain was unbearable. White lights floated everywhere in my eyes. My haggard breasts were wet and wheezy. Through half-closed eyes, I saw him approach, the stump where his finger had been shining like a small flashlight. I turned my head to the side as he descended on me and pressed his hands into my neck. I felt warm everywhere, and tired. More tired than I had ever been. His leg pushed against my ribs, causing a fresh bolt of pain to shoot through my body. My eyes flew open as I tried to scream, but there was no air left. I saw something reflect in the light, and it was close. With the last of my strength, I grabbed the flare and ignited it into his face. He bellowed an ungodly shriek as the blue light hit him. He raised his arms to block the light and released my throat. I coughed up blood and retched as he crawled backwards against the wall, limbs flailing. I threw the flare at him and crawled to the knife. The flare hurt him, but wouldn't last long. I staggered to his side, barely avoiding the wild punches and kicks, and fell with my full weight behind the knife. It hit the mask where the left eye was and passed through it like butter. He froze mid-thrash. I pushed away from him and breathed heavily. He raised a hand toward the hilt of the blade, as if to touch it, but stopped. He turned to me, and in the light of the flare, I witnessed the mask bubble and churn like boiling paint. It reshaped itself into the face of a woman, dark-skinned and beautiful. Then it boiled away and became an old man pale and wrinkled. It changed again several more times, in rapid succession. Men, women, each one made more unnerving with the knife buried into their eye. It stopped on one last face. My face. The mouth opened, and he tried to speak. Then his body collapsed into itself, a pile of ash. The mask fell, and before it reached the ground, had turned back into its original form. Knife still in it. It was done. I had almost slipped into unconsciousness before I gathered my remaining willpower and dragged myself out of the room and back to the office. I pulled the cord and the phone fell down next to me. I picked up the receiver and dialed the number for the payphone outside. After two rings, a husky voice answered. How's the weather? The man asked. Shit. I answered, out of breath. I'm ready to go home. 90 seconds, he replied. Bring the kit, I whispered. The phone fell from my hand, and I blacked out.